All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Ladies, let's talk real talk here. You probably have days when the PMS has you feeling like you could eat anything in sight. My goodness, the cravings and the general discomfort. Well, say goodbye to those days with Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth. Let's dive into why Hormone Harmony is not just another supplement, but a true game changer. First off, it's not just a trend. It's a phenomenon. Social media is buzzing with women singing praises about Hormone Harmony 
In fact, a bottle flies off the shelves every 24 seconds. Can y'all believe that? Now let's talk about Happy Mammoth, the brilliant minds behind this wonderful product. They're all about making your life easier, and that means no compromises on quality. They've meticulously crafted hormone harmony using only science-backed ingredients proven to work wonders for women like us. But here's my favorite part. Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, nature's little miracle workers. These herbal extracts help your body adapt to life stressors, especially those pesky hormonal changes that can throw us off balance. And here's the kicker. Hormone Harmony isn't just for menopause. It's your secret weapon against those hormonal imbalances that can wreak havoc on your life. From hot flashes and night sweats to racing thoughts and low moods, Hormone Harmony has got your back. And yes, it even tackles the occasional bloat and that not tonight boo feeling. (laughs) The real benefit here, the real win, feeling like yourself again. That's why countless women are raving about it in over 17,000 glowing reviews. We love a verified product, honey. Now here's your chance to experience the magic firsthand. For a limited time, you can get a fabulous 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BRAVADO at checkout. So what are you waiting for, homegirl? Say hello to balanced hormones and goodbye to those days of feeling like a roller coaster. Your journey to hormone harmony starts now. This episode of the Black Girl Bravado podcast is brought to you by Straight No Chaser, The Beginning, by new up-and-coming author Devin Nishay. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, if we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our goal is to create a safe space for growth, inspiration, laughter, and love, free of judgment, in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's homegirl vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back, beautiful faces. And if you're new here, welcome. Ladies, lady queens. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How's it we going? are ladies we are queens we are lady queens where did that come from didn't that come i don't we even are know queens. i'll tell y'all later anyway yeah. well, welcome back we've missed you we've missed you per the usual how's it going it's going well how about for you how's your weekend it's going good my weekend was um whatever mm. it was an adulting weekend i'll just say that not much excitement just handled business but i'm living you're here i'm here to yeah. see another day to record another podcast how about you how was Same. your weekend just yeah, unfortunately i had to go into my white man gig over mm, the weekend that always puts a little damper mm-hmm. but it was easy coin and that's all that matters i didn't let them drag you me. may we're not doing that anymore Mm-mm. we left that yeah we left that in the past so it was okay um and now we're here today doing this for you guys and for ourselves so new week new tea where we kiki with you and you kiki with we yeah so this weekend here in la um it's grammy weekend so all the stars are out it's a big to do 
everybody's dressed in their finest fashion. To the nine. Yes. Um, and of course, we've seen our girl, our queen, Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> she is your queen. To be. Yes. Um, shutting the gram down because she came and showed up and showed out at the Rock Nation brunch. <sighs> Did she? And everybody looked great. Everybody looked amazing at the Rock Nation brunch. I mean, the who's who. Hashtag black excellence. Black excellence. That brunch. So that's the brunch that Jay-Z throws mm-hmm. every Grammy weekend. I don't know how long it's been going on. At least about three years now. And I mean, people, if you're invited, you know you got to put your foot on the neck of whoever. Whoever's neck's available, put your foot on it. Yeah. So they looked so amazing. Um you know, Kevin Hart gave a cute toast. I saw his toast. If he said, if you're here, you're, you're amongst the winners. Yes. And if he said, and that's this, when he said that, I'm like, so where the fuck was our invite? But what he said that really mattered to me is when he <laughs> said, like, if you don't want to win and you're surrounded by these kind of people, you're just a fucking loser. Yeah. Ultimately. And he said, so here's to winning in rooms like this, to being in rooms, rooms like, like this. this. Yeah. I was like, Kevin, slow clap. So we saw some new faces in the room. You saw Sarati. I heard they got signed to Rock Nation. Oh, that's the baby why girls. they were there. The baby girls got signed to Rock Nation. So that's good to see. Shout oh, out no to them. Why. No wonder why they were there doing a, a choreographed dance looking mm-hmm. crazy. I'm the like, baby girls were signed. No, not here. But yeah, it was a good time. We'll be there next year. There. There. So um, what else is tea? Um, what else? We have. Oh, God. Right out, right on the tail of black excellence, we got some shit trying to bring us down. So during Black History Month, if you guys are tapped in, you saw that there has been a boycott called against Gucci, <laughs> against Gucci, Prada, and Montclair. So started with Gucci with the turtleneck, whatever the fuck. It's the Gucci wool balaclava jumper, jumper. Mm-hmm. that looks like a samba. Yeah, Sambo. It's, it's the half black face. Half black face with red lip on a white model. Yeah. So that caused an uproar. Then Prada has a Prada Malia figurines. Mm-hmm. So they're the little wooden wooden keychain. Yeah. That they have hooked to their items. And then it was brought to our attention that Montclair has the reversible down coat, the smiley. That has the little black face all on lip. the inside and then you can reverse it and have it all on the outside. Just a, a shit show. So T.I. started this. Tip. King. King of the South. Mm-hmm. Says that. He said the boycott was for three months. I don't know what made him pick that time. He said you have to ease in. You have to go in easy. You have to ease in with the protest for black people, I guess. Well, once Soldier Boy said he was done, I was done. I was already. I never started because my coins haven't went to any of these items, so it was kind of like an involuntary boycott. (laughs) Soldier Boy said, "Fuck them, we brogging Fendi now." Once he did the switch up, I'm like, "Okay, I seen people burning their Gucci bags. People were burning them." Mm Mm-hmm. I seen it on the ground talking about. I never get these racists my money. I'm like, sis, go pawn it. Get yeah. a coin. Yeah, do something. Someone's going to buy it. Check and get so, it yeah, right there's back. been a boycott called. I mean, we'll see. This is for people who are purchasing it, wearing it, and, you know. Mm. We'll see how this goes. We'll keep we'll keep it in. We'll pre- keep you posted. Everybody in our prayers. And we'll keep you posted on 
if oh but then what happened dapper dan said that um oh yeah so dapper dan and the ceos gucci will be meeting to discuss this because dapper dapper dan said he's a man before he's a part of the brand and he needs to hold everybody accountable because this brand has gotten it wrong so he needs to uh make a list and check it twice they need a diversity and inclusion department over at gucci prada everywhere if people are spending their money with him i heard gucci main is now gonna be wants us to call him main he dropped gucci and spike lee said that he's not wearing gucci or supporting gucci until they hire black designers Ooh, okay well so there you have it steps trying to make steps in the right direction strides i guess we don't gotta scrape up our coins for it no more huh? the black dollars though <laughs> black dollars contribute to like billions, billions of dollars yeah. for these companies so once you remove the black dollar they'll see how important we are our voices need to be heard let's take that black dollar and put it with our black people period so there's an update with the 21 savage case the ice case he's still in the de ice detention but we've learned now that um the feds can't touch his touch his coin because that money was earned lawfully yeah. even despite his citizenship and his status. He's been paying taxes on it and everything else. Cannot take his coin. So that's good to know that his family, he can still take care of his family and take care of his bills and shit that he needs to handle. Don't mess with my money. And we have our uncle Jay-Z. Not our queen. Our king. Or some, mm -mm. He's not our king. No, he's either. not our he's king. He's just our uncle. He's just an uncle, yeah. yeah. Jay-Z hired a lawyer, um, Alex Spiro or Spiro to assist with getting 21 out of the ICE detention. So he's trying to get him out as soon as possible and create some conversation about this. So um, we're praying for him. For sure. And then we have Chris Brown and Offset beefing <sighs> on the goddamn gram. This, you know, Chris, we get it. It's funny. We seen all the memes, the musket jokes, you know, we get it. It's funny. It was it's some a soft spot for Offset because he's been coming at anybody who's been making fun of 21 that must be his real homeboy outside of artistry so he called chris brown a lame and then from there it just skyrocketed skyrocketed into chris brown saying he needs to meet him at his house for a fade childish yeah they want to fight but the thing is the issue is is despite their beef i i just don't think it's fair and right for chris brown to post the memes if you see the memes and you think they're funny Okay, it's laughing laugh. Mouth. Yeah, like, come on. It, it was funny, ha. Huh? The musket thing is what took me down. I didn't see the musket thing. Saying that he's like using a musket instead of a gun. Like, okay, <laughs> he's from the UK. We get it. But the thing is, people dragged Demi. Like, they dragged Demi for saying like the funniest thing she's seen all weekend was those was all the memes floating around and people were like people's de deportation and freedom is not funny. But then we got Chris Brown, one of our own, dragging our brother. Because it was the don't laugh at our pain type thing. Like, you know, with the family, we could laugh, but you can't vibe. That's how people were feeling with Demi. She needs to stay on her side. She does need to stay on her side, but Chris needs to support. We see all. all every, I agree. He definitely needs to support. Person of color, all of the people in our community, especially in the hip hop culture, banding together, coming together to support 21. We don't need you recycling the memes. Yeah. He didn't Dang. need to do that. He didn't Tearing need to us do down. He didn't need to do that. He just didn't. So prayers for 21 as he sits in there by himself. And Chris Brown and Offset needs to cut it out. It's ridiculous. Yeah, God, dog. Well, <sighs> that's the news yeah. this week. <laughs> Stay tuned for next week's news. So mm -hmm. what do we have going on news here at the Black Girl Bravado? Here at the Black Girl Bravado. We need you all to rate, review, 
and subscribe to the podcast if you're not already subscribed. If you are subscribed and you haven't taken the chance to rate and review, um, this is a call to action. A call to action for you to rate and review. Your ratings and your reviews helps keep this podcast relevant, okay? There's a category right now on Apple Podcasts called the Black History Month category of podcasts. And the way people get in there in that category is from ratings and reviews. Mm-hmm. There's people that haven't even been podcasting, releasing new episodes, and they landed in there because their people are rating and reviewing. So we rely on you all to help us and help this podcast land in spaces like that by offering those. So, and it's Black History Month, so just support. We're literally like ten ratings and reviews away from five hundred. Do your duty, mailman. Mailman, mailman do, do your, your duty. duty. Here, Here comes Meryl with the African, African booty. booty. Yeah, do it. Okay, just go in, type up something sweet, leave a rating, leave a review, and we'll love you forever. We will. Wakanda forever. And you may also get your review landed as a review of the week which we share here on the show. So this week we're going to be sharing a review from Best of Sade. She says, my girls already love it. I have grown to rely on this podcast for my weekly dose of encouragement, excellent and relevant content and entertainment from two like-minded, intelligent and hilarious women. Brittany and Germany are a breath of fresh air with this podcast. It's truly homegirl vibes on the show. They are a necessary addition to my friend circle. Please keep the shows going, ladies. With love, Fola Sade. We, we plan love to you. Keep them going. Yeah, love you. As long as you girls keep sending in sweet, sweet words of affirmation and confirmation. Yeah, that lets us know that what we're putting out resonates with you and you you value it. So, yeah. So you can also keep up with us um, at theblackgirlbravado.com. That keeps you in the know. Make sure you subscribe to our email list because we send out a newsletter every month. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't opened your newsletter for February, get on it. It's very motivating and encouraging like this podcast. And we just want to stay connected with you all. So get on over there. Do what you got to do so we can do what we got to do. Yes. In addition to our website, we have our secret Facebook group, the Black Girl Bravado Podcast Homegirl Hangout, which is no longer a secret because we just shared it here. So if you want the secret secret, hop on in. We have all types of conversations in that group. We talk about stuff on the show, stuff not on the show, things you want to talk about, things you want to share. So it is a good tool that accompanies this podcast. Yeah. So last week, episode 83 was Hey Cupid, single on Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day can be used as a great time to reinforce the love you have for a person or the people in your life, but it can also be a sore reminder of loneliness and failed relationships. So in last week's episode, we discussed the concept of Valentine's Day, how to avoid negative feelings associated with Valentine's Day, um, how to recognize your triggers, and we also offered some tips and suggestions to help you enjoy this time despite your relationship status. So if you haven't listened to that episode yet, you still have time. Mm-hmm. Valentine's Day hasn't struck yet, so you might can benefit from that episode. Tap in. It's worth it. It's worth You're it. You're worth it. Yes. So today, we called on an expert homegirl to talk about all things mommyhood. Being a doula, being a mom, how to, be, how to practice self-care as a mom. If you need a doula, the benefits of having a doula, why it's important to be having someone help you advocate for your health. We talked about all types of things. So sit tight, buckle up, enjoy the ride, and here we go. Let's go. Okay, so today we have with us a wonderful guest, Olivia of Her Holistic Path. Now, you all have been asking us 
cover mommy topics. Talk about mommy topics. We want to know about mommy topics. Help us, help us. We're not moms. You all know that. So we found one of the perfect mothers to come on here and drop gems on you. Not only is she a mother, but she's a birth worker. She's a doula. So the information that she's going to be sharing with us is going to be very valuable information that is going to be helpful for you, even if you're not a mom. Mm -hmm. I'm ready to learn some shit. I thought you were about to say, I'm ready for a child. I'm like, new to me. No. New to me. <laughs> I'm ready to learn some shit. So I'm going to have my pen and paper as we're going through this episode. going to come back to it, write down more notes. You know, you can never have too much information. Yeah. Welcome, Olivia. Hey, Olivia. Thank you. Hey, Hello. Girl. Can we call you Liv for short? Love it. Is that a yes or a no? <laughs> Hold on, say that again. Can we call you Liv? <laughs> yes, that's that's what everybody calls me. Liv. Term of endearment. Okay, because okay. you're our sister. We're sisters. Calling you Liv. <laughs> Got it. Okay, welcome, Olivia. We're so excited to have you. For all of our girls who might not, not know who you are, Explain to us your journey, how you got to this place of being a birth worker. Just give us your tea, girl. Sure. So it really it really all started when I had my first daughter. Um, and that experience, my pregnancy and my birth was kind of like I was just blindly going through everything. Um, during my pregnancy, I was like, I really want to have a natural birth, but I was actually finishing my last year of college. So I was focused on school and I wasn't even thinking about like learning about birth or any of that stuff. So I kept saying like, yeah, I'm going to do it natural. I'll be fine. Um, I went into labor 17 hours later. She was born mm. and I was like, oh, my God, that was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um like, I didn't have any tools. I didn't have a doula, nothing. So, of course, a year later, I was pregnant with my second daughter. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, I got to find out a way to do this better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I'm definitely not going through another 17-hour labor without having some, some tricks up my sleeve. The yeah. tools and the tools. So, yeah, support. At that point, I was like, starting to do a lot of research, listen to podcasts every day. And I just got so fascinated with birth. And I was like, talking to my husband, like, it's gonna be kind of weird. You know, after I have the baby, and I'm gonna still be reading all these books about birth and stuff, because I'm so interested in it. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, I was like, maybe I should just think about becoming a doula. Mm. And that way I can continue, you know, my passion for learning about birth. So at six months pregnant, I decided to take a training um, in D.C. to become a doula. And from that point, I finished. It was a three month long training. So mm. I finished the training. Right. Had my time. baby. Yeah. I used all the tricks in the book to have this baby. Is she like literally was crowning as I walked into the hospital. Ooh, wow. So <laughs> Girl. it definitely worked. Um, and then after that, I just started to put together my, um, my different programs and started sharing on social media a lot just because I felt like I don't want to hoard this knowledge. I feel like women need to know that there are alternatives to just going into the hospital and getting epidural. Like there's so many different ways for you to, be empowered through the birth experience. So, yeah, I started posting on social media about it, and here I am today. <laughs> wow. So your first child, you ended up having her natural. After the 17 hours, you didn't have to get the epidural? 
Oh, after the 17 hours, I was like, I'm definitely pushing this baby out naturally. So I didn't get an epidural. And honestly, it was just a hard labor. Like, it was just really um, a painful labor because I didn't know what to do. Mm. Like, I literally just sat on the bed, like, squeezing pillows the whole time. Um, But I did end up having her naturally, and I think that's just because... I have a high level of endurance and I have a high pain threshold. Mm. So I was able to just get through it, but it was hard. Girl, I am clenching my vagina. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Even thinking about that, my pain tolerance is high, but I just couldn't imagine just letting something barrel through my vagina. Oh my God. My pain tolerance is low, so low to the point where I already have in my mind, if I have a child, I need an epidural, but I know we're going to work through that in this conversation today, but I'm just like, I don't want any of the pain, Mm. none of it. (laughs) So speaking about you being a birth worker, we know that one of the big issues that we've been hearing about is about the racial disparities in maternal health, right? So we Mm -hmm. found some stats online while we were doing our research for this episode, and according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Roughly 700 women in the U.S. die each year due to pregnancy or delivery-related complications. With that, black women have the highest maternal mortality rate in the U.S. We're four more times likely to die from pregnancy-related causes compared to white women. That's crazy. Yeah. It's absurd. So we want to know, like, with the work that you do, can that help combat maternal mortality risk in women of color? I definitely believe that it can. I try not to have um, like a savior complex. I try not to paint doulas as like, oh, a doula will save you. All you need to do is hire a doula. No, but I do think that doulas are definitely a key to solving the problem. We're definitely in the equation to helping eradicate this issue. Mm. Okay, so... Really quickly, I mean, we just been throwing around the term doula since we started. Exactly what is a doula? Because there's people out there who are like, what the fuck is that? So give our girls tea, you know, on exactly what it is, what it is that a doula is and what it is that you do as a doula. Okay, so I'm going to give you the textbook definition and then I'm going to give you an analogy. Mm -hmm. So a doula is a trained birth professional who offers continuous support one-on-one for the pregnant laboring mother, which translates to as soon as you go into labor, when you're getting into that that part of labor that's really difficult, where you really um, are feeling a lot of intense sensations in your body, Mm -hmm. a doula is going to be there through every single contraction. So a lot of people don't know until they have a baby. Like when you go to the hospital or when you go to the birth center, the doctor or the midwife or the nurse is not going to be with you through the whole labor. Mm -hmm. You're going to be by yourself unless you bring someone with you, like your partner, or if you bring a doula with you. So we offer that continuous support and studies have shown that continuous one-on-one support with the doula. Um, it brings down the rate of C-section. It brings down um, the rate of using Pitocin and medical interventions and epidurals and all that stuff. Um, but if you think about um, like sports, the player is only as good as the coach. Mm, now, on. the coach is not actually in the game. So the doula is not actually doing anything medical. 
they're not going to check your cervix. They're not going to offer you any type of <clears throat> allopathic medicine. But they're going to be coaching you and supporting you through the process. And because they're trained, they know a lot of things that can help you. Mm -hmm. So you, you're, you're the advocate for the mom. Exactly. You're advocating in there, making sure your shit don't go away. Yeah. <laughs> we got it. We got it. Yes, for real. That's real sometimes. The doula will literally be in there like, yo, this, this thing that's happening right here, that's not okay. Yeah. And you know what? We spoke off off the podcast about your voice. So Liv's voice is going in and out because she was doing doula work yes. for the last couple of days. And tell them what you were doing, Liv. Yes. So I was with a client from Thursday afternoon. So I went to see the client at Thursday around four and I left Friday around nine or ten. And the whole birth, I was just doing a lot of verbal support, which is like it's talking, it's affirmations. It's like if they're kind of singing and moaning, you're like singing and moaning with them. So I inadvertently like blew out my voice right. <laughs> during this during this birth. You're a good girl. You're a good girl. <laughs> wow. So are there different types of doulas? I, I saw that there's like, I heard about a postpartum doula, but are there a variety of different types of doulas that people can tap into, say they might need a certain doula for a certain type of thing? Or is the doula yes. a one-stop shop? Okay. No, there's actually an increasing number of doulas. And I just want to say, like, we use this word doula, but really a doula is something that was already a part of our culture, like our indigenous ancient cultures that we have now like professionalized it. Mm -hmm. So we use this word doula, which basically means like to serve and to support a mother, mm -hmm. but we kind of use it interchangeably. So there are abortion doulas. If someone's going through an abortion mm -hmm. and they need support, there's birth doulas, which is what I do, birth support, and I do, like, the education during the pregnancy. There's postpartum doulas who are specifically there to support you after the baby is born because if you've ever had a baby, you know, like, you're a zombie, you're not sleeping, mm -hmm. it's really hard to take care of yourself. And so back in the day, you know, auntie or your mom or your sister would have been there to take care of you, but now, you know, we're utilizing doulas more mm -hmm. um and then there's there's actually death doulas so wow. for people who for families that are going through a loss now there are doulas coming out um which i don't think they should call themselves doulas but is whatever right. <laughs> um, <laughs> where they support the family through that too wow so so people might get these two or might um confuse doulas and midwives right because we kind of yes, if we don't understand yes what a doula is and what a midwife is we can easily try to use those interchangeably so maybe you can give us a little light on what a midwife is and you know how it differs from a doula, doula. yeah yes so First of all, the training to become a doula is doulas are not even um, under any type of regulation, like by law. Mm -hmm. So to become a doula, you can literally just walk out the door and be like, today I'm a doula. The um, doula. Yeah. It's, typically, you will have like a training and that could range from like one weekend long to three months long to however long. But doulas are not medical. So we won't give medicine. We won't check your cervix. We won't... Um, 
hook you up to any type of machine. We're not medical at all. A midwife, on the other hand, she is going to uh, not necessarily do medical things, but she's more trained. So Mm -hmm. if you think about a nurse, like how a nurse is a medical professional, Mm -hmm. a midwife is similar to a nurse, but they have a specialty in birthing babies and helping women you know birth their babies a midwife can give you like herbal remedies a Mm -hmm. midwife can check your cervix um and do like different you know procedures not c-sections or things like that they're not doctors Mm -hmm. so Hmm. yeah so usually people will have a midwife and a doula (laughs) or they can have a midwife and a doula yes the midwife and the doula go really well together because Mm -hmm. Again, even if you hire a midwife, um, it depends on who your midwife is. But, like, a lot of people are going to the hospital and their midwife is meeting them there. Mm-hmm. So instead of having an OB, they'll have a midwife at the hospital. So even if you have a midwife, they're not going to be, like, holding your hand through every contraction. Like, if you have a 17-hour long labor, they're going to come and check on you intermittently. Mm-hmm. They're going to come and check the baby's heart rate check to see how you're doing. If you want to get your cervix checked, they'll do that. But they're not going to be there with you through every single minute of that labor, which is why having the doula works nicely because then you have someone to support you and then you also have the midwife who's doing the more like medical aspects of everything. So it's more like the midwife, the, the doula supports the mother, the midwife supports the baby. And the midwife can also be advocating with the medical professionals. Like, this mm-hmm. is her birthing plan. This is what she wants. This is what she, this is what she needs. While the doula is comforting the mom, reassuring her that she's okay, she's strong, she can get through it, providing support, like, with the body, mind, spirit, while yeah. the midwife yeah. is doing the medical. Like, something that we say in, like, the birth worker community is, like, the doula does everything from the waist up, and the midwife is from the waist down. Got Makes it. sense. That makes, makes perfect, perfect sense. sense. Yes. Oosh. See, we learning something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so since you said that doulas are not medical, they're not medical professionals necessarily, is this mm-hmm. something that can be covered by insurance? Like, what is the typical cost associated with the doula? Because we already thinking, like, I got to pay for this baby. I got to pay this hospital. Like, how am I going to pay a doula? Is this something that can be covered right. by insurance? Right. So it depends. Um, Everything is so different depending on where you are. There are some insurance companies that are beginning to cover doulas. um, And there's it's starting to kind of progress. It's becoming more um, common now. But typically, doulas are paid out of pocket. Okay. And there are some nonprofit organizations where you can get a doula um, covered by your insurance or you can get a doula for free because it's a nonprofit. But most doulas are working independently as business owners and you're paying them out of pocket. Um, And it's different based on what type of people and what area you're in. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm a black woman and I'm from Baltimore. So if I get a client from Baltimore, like my relationship with her and the way that she pays me is different than if somebody is out like in Annapolis, which is like the affluent area mm. and they're getting a doula and they like, you know, have a different socioeconomic status. Right. So mm. Taylor. But the typical cost of a doula is anywhere between like 500 and which is super low. That's yeah, super low. Sounds low. And like 2000. 
Is that for the duration of the pregnancy? It's like a drop of payment, down payment vibe. What are we doing? Paying monthly? <laughs> so it depends. Like some people, um, some people will do like half during the pregnancy and then you pay the other half like after the baby is born. Mm-hmm. Or like what I like to do is I like to set up a payment plan because mm-hmm. that can make it easier on people. It's like you want me to pay all this money, but then it's like, no, I want you to pay this much each week or this much each month um so it depends because each doula is going to set up their business differently yeah makes sense it can be affordable <laughs> is what it sounds like it's it's an option yeah and- yeah you can definitely make it work it's the same way that you know we have these weddings or we have these now gender reveal parties and right. baby showers that are so elaborate it's like okay you plan ahead you save up you you know budget and it's feasible Definitely. Now, are you, is your first point of introduction with the mom, do you guys have like sit downs, talk about the process beforehand, or is it just a couple weeks before the birth and then it's like, we just, we just met this time. Like, how does that process work? Because, you know, some people might need a breaking in period so that they feel comfortable leaning on you during this very important time in their life. Yeah, there's definitely some, some rapport that has to be built. So... I like to, it depends on when they find me, like someone might find me at the end of their pregnancy or they might find me right at the beginning. But either way, I try to do at least two prenatal visits and it's pretty common for doulas to do between one and two um, visits before the baby is born. So you can at least get to know them, talk to them. I do a lot of prenatal education because like, to me, birth is the culmination of pregnancy. So if I can really get you to learn a lot and do a lot of preparation, then birth will, you know, have a better chance of going really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the baby's born, you typically do like a postpartum visit and you come and check on them, bring them food, mm. help them out with the baby, help them with breastfeeding, give them a break, all that stuff. I love a lot of community here. Yes. I love the food part. So, yes. <laughs> Brittany recently seen a video of an episiotomy yes. on Facebook, which is just, wow, horf- horrifying. I mean, it I was understand. horrifying to me. Sometimes, did they actually show you the they cut? They showed it? the cut happening, literally. Okay, so with, with images of that floating around, of episiotomies, how are we able to like really reprogram ourselves and think of birthing as this beautiful process? Because... For me, when I think about birth, again, no children have slid out of my vagina. I almost get sick to my stomach thinking about it because I'm just like, wow, just a lot. It makes me nauseous, to be completely honest, um, just thinking about the whole process. So how are we able to reshape our our paradigm to be like, no, this is a beautiful and loving experience. And it's (laughs) like, what do we do? Yeah, so that's really, that's a great question and it really to answer this question fully we have to take it all the way back to the time that we enter puberty as young women Mm -hmm. and we have to think about what are the messages that we are giving and receiving um about things like our menstrual cycle Mm -hmm. fertility sex sexual freedom and all these things that are happening with our bodies do we empower the women along the way 
or do we constantly give them the message that something's wrong with your body and you need to fix it? Because, you know, we think about birth like, oh, man, it's so painful. It's so bad. But really, we look at women in that light in all biological functions. Mm -hmm. You know, the girl gets her period and it's like, oh, man, like, you know, it sucks. Now I have to wear a tampon. Now I have to wear a pad. And then when it's time for them to start exploring sexuality instead of like embracing that and 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 teaching natural ways to like embrace your body embrace your sexuality track your fertility what we do is we just say here take these pills so that you're not fertile right and then that that begins to mess with how we birth because most birth control that's hormonal is actually messing up the the natural healthy rhythms of a woman so then we get down to okay pregnancy and having a baby and really it goes with the history because in indigenous cultures you'll see lots of paintings and statues and artwork of women birthing their babies and in these pieces of art their faces are not in terror their faces are either in bliss and joy or um in relaxation mm. and so here in america because of the way um the history of obstetrics has gone we've begun to twist this idea of birth mm -hmm. so birth is a lot like sex it's the same hormones that are in play the same parts of the body that are in play and it's like sex on a much grander level. Hmm. And so that most women know the experience of having painful sex. Maybe their first time losing their virginity or sucked. Like, painful. It sucked. <laughs> I mean, the first yeah. time. And so we understand the concept that, okay, I can have sex and it can be painful or I can have sex and it can be pleasurable. And it's the same thing with birth. Mm. It just depends on what's going on. So if you um, have a partner that you're really in love with and there's a decent amount of chemistry and there's good foreplay and the vibes are good, mm. then the sex will probably be good. Yes. But if, <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you're with someone that you don't really vibe with, it, it feels weird, feels strange. Maybe there's some negative energy. Um, then the sex won't be good. And it's really just as simple as that. It's the way that we are mentally setting up women to understand birth and honestly the only way that we can change that is by literally what we're doing right now mm -hmm. is talking about it you know podcasts and articles and you know birth photography and just doing the work to have the conversation so that our daughters they can grow up in a world that supports birth in a different kind of way yes we want our babies teach our daughters to teach ourselves at this point yeah. we, we teach and we gotta go back because just like Liv said we weren't taught this all i hear is it's painful it's crazy epidural Worst vagina ripped life. yeah mm, mm, right mm, mm. and a lot of that i just read this book that talked about the history of obstetrics and a lot of that narrative comes from when white men started to infiltrate the um obstetrics well it wasn't they created obstetrics basically um and they took away the power from the midwives mm. so like after slavery um there was a period of time where there was still a lot of black midwives so they call them granny midwives mm -hmm. and they were delivering all the babies all the babies the white babies the black babies everybody mm -hmm. and so they carried this ancient wisdom that was really useful but white men were really curious about birth and they saw that there was not only curiosity but a place to make money 
And so they started convincing women to go into the hospital. Mm. They started convincing women that you're in pain. You need to take this pain medication versus <laughs> empowering them because you can't make money off of somebody who's really empowered. Right. Yeah. Mm -mm. You That's know, coins it, to be made. And it's crazy how we have to really bring in our own damn squad to have these babies. Like, mm -hmm. I got my squad. I got my doula. <laughs> I got my midwife. I I'm got my mama. My mama. I'm, my a for sure, I'm a for sure need a squad. Gang, gang. I'm yeah. like, gang, gang's here for the baby delivery. Period. <laughs> yes. Don't try to tell me nothing else because that is true. Like, okay, they check you in. You're gearing up to have this baby. They come in ever so often and check on you. And imagine all the women that are really alone. They don't have a gang. They don't have a midwife. They don't even have, like, familial support. Wow. Mm -hmm. Fucked. Front end. Yep. And that's fucked. what happens. They don't have support. And you have a nurse coming and asking you, oh, how's your pain, honey? Like, do you need an epidural? Are you ready for some pain medicine? And even from a psychological level, if you tell somebody they're in pain, then right. they're going to start believing that they're in pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just tell me. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, I was feeling a little pain. Yeah. I was feeling a dull. They'd be like, was it a dull pain? What was dull it on ache. a scale of one to ten? A dull ache. I'm going to prescribe you some coding <laughs> to knock that out. And I'm like, okay. Anyway. Mm -hmm. okay. There's actually a, um, a really good documentary. I just had to throw this in because I know when I start saying that birth doesn't have to be painful, people start looking at me like I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Right, because it can't be painful. They're going to be under your but comments. There's this, um, there's this documentary called Orgasmic Birth. Ooh. And it follows all of these women who they had a birth that was orgasmic. Um, mm. And it wasn't what? painful. It was it felt good. So it's just proof that, like, you can have a baby and it doesn't have to be, like, a horrible experience. Where is that at? Netflix or Hulu? It's not on Netflix. I think it's a little too raw for I was going to say, oh, they okay. probably, like, we can't put this But here. they have their own website. Okay, got it. Okay, we'll tap, in. we'll tap in. We'll get that information and put that down in the show notes yeah. because now I'm interested. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So let's talk really about good. this. The way we found you is because you had an Instagram post that went viral, baby. I mean, it just blew up. Yes. And in this <laughs> post, you touched on the not-so-glamorous, realistic side of motherhood. And when I think about motherhood, I really look at motherhood from a realistic approach. Like, outside of the delivery, I'm talking about, okay, baby's here, vagina's healed, we're moving on. <laughs> So you wrote, the reality is, I don't want to be a mother every day. I don't want to feel held back from chasing my dreams and goals. I don't want to be exhausted. But I know this little girl has brought me face to face with things that would have otherwise been ignored in my bubble of childless freedom. Now, this post ruffled some feathers, but your honesty resonated with so many women. And we hear all the time how motherhood is a sacrifice. And so with you having so much on your plate, being a wife, a mother, a doula, and an entrepreneur... How do you navigate these feelings and find balance as a mom and even as a, like a stay-at-home mom? Yeah, so <laughs> a lot of it has to do with taking responsibility for my own healing. Mm. So <clears throat> a lot of things that I wrote in that post, I think, were things that I was already healing from. Mm -hmm. But because people didn't know me personally, they just thought, oh, she's just so bitter about being right. a mom. Yeah. But that post was actually a turning point in my journey as a mother to say I've identified in what areas I'm hurting 
Mm. I've identified in what areas I'm wounded mm. and I've began the process of healing those wounds, Come which on, is man. why I felt comfortable saying those things because I knew in my personal self, okay, I have started to do the work. I've started to do the journaling, do the meditation, um, talk to other moms and really start to dive into those parts of myself that I didn't really want to deal with. So the balance definitely starts with understanding that you're only a good mom when you're good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot be a good mom if you are, you know, just beating yourself up constantly, guilty, angry, frustrated, stressed out, because all of that energy will transfer to the child. Mm-hmm. So I really had to start <laughs> to figure out the balance between my spiritual life and just my everyday life of being a mom and all that stuff is sometimes that means I'm not posting on Instagram for the next week Mm -hmm. because I need to work through this thing that I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Or that means, you know, I'm going to get creative with how I do certain things. And, you know, you have to ask for help when you need it. You can't be afraid to ask for help. You have to, um, you know, schedule things. You have to kind of have a little bit more structure with your life but yeah, it's a balancing act. I definitely don't have it perfect, um, but I'm always just learning different ways to to make life better as a mom. Yes, you know you you just said um, guilt that like sometimes moms are dealing with guilt. So um, we know that like a lot of mothers are sometimes working outside of the home, whether by choice or necessity, and that can create that <laughs> feeling of like mom guilt that they're abandoning their child. Um, And there's also these constant messages of what we see on social media and within our community of what good moms do. So like good moms breastfeed, good moms make their babies food, like homemade Mm -hmm. and shit like that, Um, which can cause people who are incapable of doing these type of things to feel othered or, you know, kind of like shamed. So what are your suggestions for working through feelings of mom guilt? Okay, so the first thing is that you have to identify what you're actually capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our society sets us up for this issue of mom guilt because we're raised very individual. Like, there's a lot of narcissism and individualism. Like, you know, you think about you, think about your life, your job, your career, your dreams. And we don't have that collective sense of community. So you have to first realize that If you grew up like that and then you have a baby and you have no village, no community or very little support, it's going to set you up to fail because you're constantly going to feel like you have to do everything. You have to be everything. Mm -hmm. And it is physically impossible. This is why we used to mother in tribes. We used to mother in community because it's just too much for one person. So first, just understand that our culture is not set up to support mothers. It's set up to support um, money and money makers. So understand that and then understand what you're capable of doing and hold yourself accountable for ways that you can get better at what you can get better at. Like, if you're a working mom, don't try to be the same as a stay-at-home mom because it's impossible. Mm -hmm. That part. You have to delegate certain tasks. You can't clean the house, pop pussy, bring home some of the bacon, and and take take care care of the the kids. kids. 
exactly exactly it's so funny because while i was at my birth my husband was home with the babies and when i came back he was like i don't know how you do this yeah (laughs) i was not able to like he was tired and he didn't like clean up that much and i was just like yeah now you see nigga (laughs) (laughs) no and i mean he saw it before he understood it before but it's different when you actually experience it so and don't listen to the people that's like getting on you like if somebody is even for me i tell people on instagram if i'm that person that's making you feel bad like you're not doing enough because i'm constantly going rah-rah about natural birth and breastfeeding and being vegan don't follow me like don't listen to me if i'm that person that's like getting you down you have to align yourself with people that are going to encourage you because ultimately you want to be able to lift your vibration so you can be the best for your child and you're not feeling guilty so just find find what works for you find what what makes you feel like you're doing the right thing yes that's gospel that's true t if i (laughs) i was thinking about how like um some moms might not feel like supported or that they have someone that they can go to when it comes to issues like this. And I think your page is a great resource for that. Um, Thank you. That's what I try and try and have it for. (laughs) You're welcome. So one thing we didn't talk about was postpartum depression. We talked about postpartum doula, but we didn't talk about postpartum depression. And we were just wondering with the postpartum doula, is that someone who can help someone work through feelings of postpartum depression? Or did you experience postpartum depression from any of your children? So, so a postpartum doula can definitely help in some ways. But if you're experiencing postpartum depression, then you definitely need to work with someone who is equipped to handle that whether that be like a talk therapist or some type of a healer or a doctor, because postpartum depression can get really severe, really fast. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to, um, you don't want anything bad to happen. There's actually a documentary called when the bow breaks and it's all about postpartum depression. Wow. And doulas can help. Yes. But if you're in a severe state of depression, then you need more than a doula. Yeah. Um, and as far as my two children, I definitely, I don't, well, I don't like to say I had depression because I never was formally diagnosed with anything. Um, cause I never like went to the doctor or anything like that, but I definitely know that I dealt with a lot of guilt, a lot of shame and a lot of anxiety, <laughs> um, for really both of, both of my daughters. And it was because of the way that things happened in my life. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't planned for it. I didn't plan for either of my children. Yeah. So I kind of was getting the side eye from some people and, you know, it, it was a difficult experience to try to be happy about a baby, but also like know that this wasn't planned for. And so, yeah, it was difficult, but I don't think I was, um, I definitely had some dark days, mm-hmm. but I was able to deal with it. It wasn't, you know, to the point where I needed to like be hospitalized or something like that. Got it. So touching on that and piggybacking on that, um, another post that you did that kind of went viral um, is about speaking about that kind of space of 
an unplanned pregnancy where you mentioned no one teaches you to love a child you didn't plan to have. No one shows you how to traverse the emotional complexity of loving a child you weren't happy about being pregnant with. So do you have any advice for someone who may um, not have had the desire to have children, but found themselves pregnant and going through a hard time when the baby girls are up shit creek without a paddle? <laughs> what do we do? Yes. So I would say the first thing is you have to realize that pregnancy, those nine months of pregnancy really impact the baby in a huge way. Mm -hmm. It's not just what you're physically eating, but it's your emotions. It's how you feel. It's how you think. <clears throat> All of that stuff is impacting the baby. Um, and there's different studies that show like, you know, even if you're angry, that anger can trigger certain uh, genes to turn on for disease. And mm. if you're happy, that can turn certain genes for disease off. So first realizing that your emotions during pregnancy matter. So if you're around somebody who is making you feel like you're worthless or like you're ashamed or they're giving you any type of feeling that is negative, remove yourself from them mm -hmm. and put yourself in a place <clears throat> where you can cultivate that positive energy and then you don't have to be happy every day right. right you do have to work through those emotions and you do have to be real with yourself and forgive yourself be willing to accept what's happening and then start you know making decisions on how do I create peace and joy in my life like with my first pregnancy um, I was still in school. I was a dance and an English double major. Mm. And so I couldn't keep dancing, but I could um, do choreography. And that was like my safe space. When I would go to do choreography, it was so fun. Like my dancers were always really like nice to me and really kind. And so I used that as an opportunity to really cultivate happiness in my life and and try to ride that wave of happiness Um throughout my pregnancy because it's definitely hard when you're dealing with those those negative emotions and plus I believe that babies are not just popping up here because you had sex babies are like choosing to come down into a specific mother they're mm -hmm. choosing like to be placed with a specific parent you know we think we think of babies as like these little fetuses but they are spiritual beings too mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I really believe that you would not become a mother unless that was your true destiny. You were meant to be a mother to that baby. So just honor the fact that that is extremely powerful and that is extremely beautiful that you were chosen to bring this baby into the world. So ain't no accidents, bitch. That's, a, That's what it sounds exactly. like. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. So... In hindsight, do you now that you have your two children, do you think that you ever could have been quote unquote fully prepared, or is it just something that when it happens, you just gotta buckle up and get ready for the ride, no matter what you thought you did beforehand? Yeah, I could. <laughs> There's no preparing. I don't care how many take. I don't care how many classes you take. I don't care if you hire a doula. It's just <laughs> it's no preparing for the experience of it all, and you know. I, I'm learning every day. And I think as moms, you just, you learn every day. You just go on the path. That's, that's learn every day. It's a learning, learning struggle, learning curve. Learning. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, 
What are some ways that moms can implement self-care or what are some ways that you implement self-care? Because that's really important to us. We talk about mental health, mental wellness, self-care. We want to bring it around for the moms. How, how do we do that? So first thing is you got to wake up before your children wake up. <laughs> that's rule number one. Ooh, okay. Because if you try to do your meditation or your yoga or your journaling while your children are awake, it's going to be like, it's going to be a shit show. Right. Yeah. So you have to wake up before your children. And the morning time can be really peaceful. So try to wake up before them if you can. <laughs> and then just be creative. So like, if you have someone that doesn't see your children often, ask them, hey, you want to see the mind if Right. Would you mind if I drop them off for a couple hours and I'm going to go to the library or, well, I'm a nerd, so you don't have to go to the library, but, you know, go wherever you want to go. Go take a yoga class or go, you know, hang out with a friend or something like that. So definitely lean on the people that you can trust to, you know, watch your children so you can get a break. And then also just being very mindful of how you do your life. Like, for example, I like to cook on the weekends so I have enough food like for the next couple of days or for the whole week. So mm-hmm. I'm not cooking every single day. Right. So simple things like that, that's an act of self-care. So I'm not like, you know, running around cooking a meal every night. Mm-hmm. So just think about what are some things I can do to make it easier on myself as yes. a parent? Relieving the burden, relinquishing the burden. You for sure have to make some adjustments. Can't be doing what you were doing when you were childless and free, free bird. Yeah. All right. That it's it's a big shift. <laughs> a lot of our homegirls also ask us like, how can mama have a life too? They're like, How can I do what I want to do? How can I be free but still be a good mom? Do you make time to shake a little ass on the weekends? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be too tired. <laughs> You'd be too tired. Maybe no, it can be a monthly real. thing. For real, I had a I had a period of time after my first daughter was born where I was like, yo, I want to go to the club. Mm-hmm. But I was breastfeeding and I was like, there's no way I could make this happen. But I think first the first thing you have to do is shift your thinking because like we often as mothers will often say, I just want to be free or I have no free time. So that's not true. Like, you are a free individual. You can do whatever you want. You are not in prison. Mm -hmm. So stop telling yourself that that you're not free. Yeah. Because if you keep saying, I'm not free, then you'll make decisions of a person that's not free. So stop thinking that way. And then, again, you have to get creative. So mothers, the feminine energy is naturally a creative energy. When you think about, like, the sacral chakra and, like, all of that stuff. It's naturally creative. So you just have to be creative with how you find me time. And I mean, I, I, I've been to the club. I, I haven't been to the club. I've been to the bar. But I was so tired. I was like, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> well, maybe it's not the club. And maybe you don't want to go um, shake a little bright. ass and get a little bag. Yeah, yeah, find some other fun stuff to do. Yeah. Like, you know, go get a. Airbnb with your husband or something. Yeah, or a massage or your nails done or just taking time to do your own thing on Saturday morning once your honey is home and can stay with the kids, girl. I would just be going on a walk. Bye. 
leaving these exactly kids. exactly and like i used to think the end all and be all was having of having fun was like going out with friends and it's like no that was like the old me i mm-hmm. had to let that go i have to be open to finding new ways of enjoying my life like you can enjoy life outside of like the party right right that brings me to another question. So you, when you said that your husband was with the kids while you were doing your birth work for 17 hours, and this can be a difficult process for some people or point of contention, how do you liberate or how did you liberate your husband to say, you know, you can do this, you can take care of the kids without me for 17 hours or however long it is? Was that something that came natural to him or is that something where you had to really empower him? Like, honey, you can do this. This is how. Yeah, so <laughs> my husband is different. Like we, before we even had kids, we talked about having kids. We, even though they were unplanned, we did have conversations about like being parents, and like I already could feel out how he was, um, <laughs> and how he might be as a dad. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like I had to convince him, but because I did breastfeed, well, I'm still breastfeeding. Um, it does kind of make him feel like, well, what am I supposed to do? Cause mm-hmm. like, you got the goods. I mm-hmm. can't do anything. Um, but as my first daughter was weaned, he was able to step in and, and do more stuff. And what I do is I just tell him like, like I kind of give him like little updates, like, Hey, Oni really likes to eat oatmeal now. And so, you know, I'll turn around and see him feeding her some oatmeal. Mm. So just kind of having that constant dialogue of like, you know, not teaching him stuff but just like keeping him updated but he's a pretty awesome dad like i'd be telling him like you're a really good mom (laughs) (laughs) i love that that's so cute so we're gonna transition um to our segment now it's time to pick Pick up up a a pen we're We're dropping dropping a gem so Liv, you can share with our uh girlfriend listeners anything that you feel is valuable and worthy and you want them to know this is the space for that Awesome. So the gym I'm dropping today is about my program. It's called the Virtual Doula Birthright Program. And the premise is that you have the right to birth the way that you want to. Mm -hmm. So in the program, you'll get videos, you'll get meditations, you'll get um, stretching videos. And it's all about teaching you how to prepare your mind, your body and your spirit for a painless or very low pain birth mm. wow tappy and ladies how do they access that where do they get that just go to your page or what yes yeah, so you can go to my instagram page and click on the link that's in my bio and you'll see the virtual doula birthright program and for my mamas that have already had their baby and they want some breastfeeding information i also have a breastfeeding ebook mm. which is a really quick super short guide to get you started breastfeeding that is also linked in my Instagram bio. Beautiful. So girlfriends, tap in. And you speak, Liv speaks a lot about breastfeeding, about how it's something you really have to work hard for. For some of us, I know sometimes we think, okay, I have the baby, there's milk in my titties. When it comes out, it's going to latch on. And it might not be that easy for some people. And the doctors or nurses aren't necessarily equipped with the tools to help you really own that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) <laughs> exactly what you said. I think a lot of moms think, oh, I'm just going to put the baby on my boob and mm-hmm. they're just going to get the milk out. And it's it's a lot more to it than that. 
Um, there's a lot, there's a learning curve. There's a lot of things that if you don't know, then you could make a lot of mistakes, which could kind of bite you in the butt. Mm -hmm. So, but the nice thing is that it's really easy information. It's not anything that's difficult to understand. So once you know it, you're good to go. Beautiful. Love that. Okay. So now we're going to transition into our girlfriend gag segment. Now, usually we have, um, our girlfriend listener letters, but today we have some questions centered around the topic that we talked about today coming from our listeners. And so we're going to kind of pose it as a lightning round, just whatever the first thing that comes to your mind, you can drop it. If you have to elaborate on it, that's cool too. So first question, what is the number one thing you need as a mother to feel supported? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like if you just had to pick one thing, like can't, can't go without this. It's emotional support from your peers. Mm. You know what? That just rung a bell because when um, I was talking to one of my best friends that had a baby a couple years ago, and she was saying how, kind of like you, how she wasn't depressed, depressed, but she had feelings of postpartum depression. And I thought back to that time how I wasn't really there for her like I could have been. Like I did the stop by, oh, baby's here. Hey, play with baby. Okay, <laughs> bye. But I wasn't offering like emotional support. Do you need a shower? Do you need food? Yeah. Do you need me to sit here for a couple hours? I mean, I'm childless. I'm free. I can come here and be the support that you need. I didn't think about that. But if she has another baby, I'm going to be tapped in. Yeah. My, like, hey, um, I'm here for you. My bestie just yeah. had her first baby. And it's been challenging when I stopped and seen her last week. I was like, how are you feeling? Are you feeling like depressed or down? And she said, like, I don't feel depressed, but I definitely feel different. And she brought up those feelings of, like, just life changing so quickly. You go from, like, no baby to, like, baby's here and now you're isolated. Because it is just you doing your own thing by yourself for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been been trying to be emotionally supportive to her by like being with her so she can run her errands and staying with the baby or letting her shower while I'm there and just taking, you know, taking hold of the little one. Um, the shit is tough. Yeah. The yeah. Shit is tough. It's definitely. And, you know, there's this quote, I think it says something like when a person doesn't feel understood, it's like they feel like they're drowning because, mm -hmm you feel isolated and you feel like there's nothing really physically wrong with you, but you just have that lost sense of connection with mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. And so by connecting with people who can like empathize with what you're going through, you don't feel crazy. You're like, oh, okay. Like I see other women are going through this too. And other women feel how I feel. Yeah. Sure. We're here for you moms. So um, we've been talking about natural birth, but do you have any quick pithy tips for someone who might be wanting natural birth or wanting to prepare for natural birth, what do you do? Do we drink castor oil? What is that old saying? Oh, Lord. No, no, no. no? That, that's supposed to help the baby come. I don't oh, know if okay. it helps with natural birth. but Got it. She said no so, anyway. I mean, you can, some people drink uh, castor oil to like induce labor, mm. but the, the jury is still out on if we right. should be doing that or right. not. <laughs> but, okay, so here are my tips. Mine and body so first of all you can't be eating cheetos and mcdonald's every day that's mm. not gonna work get you some alkaline foods fruits vegetables smoothies every day get you some raspberry leaf tea start drinking that in your second trimester not in your first and you have to start doing some sort of practice that is going to 
rewire your thinking about birth so you can get uh, guided meditation hypnosis you can do affirmations but you have to do the work to program your brain to believe that birth is not bad it's not painful it's not crazy it's not scary you have to even if it sounds stupid even if you're telling yourself birth feels super good birth feels great do it because your brain will begin to believe it Got it. and educate yourself you know of course do the education part mm-hmm. that leads us to the next question that a girlfriend had she says is it possible to physically and mentally prepare yourself for childbirth and motherhood before even becoming pregnant so if you're one of us germany or i can we prepare ourselves now anyway or is it just like you guys absolutely do? yes so <laughs> again always eating healthy always you know putting healthy things in your body because you know when you get pregnant your health is going to be impacting that pregnancy, not just from when you conceived, but your entire life. So you want to have a healthy body. Um, and then you can also, like I uh, talked about before, just learn how to tap into that divine feminine energy, learn what things um, like empower you as a woman. And then also don't mess with the toxic stuff. Like, you got to be really mindful about what types of birth control that you're using mm-hmm. because there are so many women who take birth control their whole life and then yeah. they get to their 30s and they're like scratching their head as to why they can't have a baby. Yeah. And it's because you've been telling your body to be infertile on purpose. Mm. So you have to really prepare your your body um so not using too many toxins um especially with the hair products. There's so many toxins and hair products yeah and if you still get a relaxer like i'm not i'm not even going there with you <laughs> yeah. stop getting a relaxer okay immediately yeah. girl Tap because that's that. that relaxers and perms are directly linked to low birth weight babies and preterm deliveries wow. so yes yeah, definitely mm-hmm. stay away from the toxins there it is so you mentioned um putting good things into our bodies and veganism so how are you raising or do you have any hacks for raising like plant-based children or some plant-based meals for the kitties what are we doing yeah so let me just say i don't identify with vegan anymore mm-hmm. i have denounced being vegan because people will be like Trolling <laughs> too them. serious about Correct. it but we are definitely plant-based and i like to do like um I like to do easy meals, like just do a little bit of protein. So that could be like beans. My daughter loves beans. So she eats a lot of beans. She eats a lot of um, grains, a lot of healthy, like sprouted grains. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does she We do smoothies pretty much all the time. And smoothies are a lifesaver. Like it doesn't matter, like if your child only ate one cracker that day. If you can give them a smoothie that has, like, fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and a little bit of, like, plant-based protein, like hemp seeds or chia seeds or something like that, they are good to go. Mm -hmm. So definitely get yourself a blender. There it is, a Nutribullet. Because babies will eat crackers all day and not want no real food, but they'll probably like the smoothie, so that's like juice to them. Yeah, I always sneak in like my of course my two year old, I mean my three year old, she won't sit there and eat kale, but she'll drink a smoothie that has kale in it. Right. So 
tricking their ass. Yeah. That's yep, what it comes yep. down to, the trickery. Walking in power. Right, walking in power with these kids. Well, Olivia, can you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram as Her Holistic Path. That's H-E-R-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-P-A-T-H. And that is also on Facebook. Same thing. And then do you have a website? Yep. Herholisticpath.com. Okay, girl. So there you go. She has so much knowledge on her website, products, ebooks, webinars, and in her Instagram, knowledge gems all through there. So, Olivia, we appreciate you so much for taking the time out of your day to kiki with us and our listeners. This information was wonderful. Thanks, Liv. Thank you you for having me on. This was great. Okay, y'all. Bye. Bye, guys. I like to hear the word girl